guys, I got the bug. I have got the podcast bug, and I'm back. Before I told you I would be. I figured, why not? It's just me and you. You know, only one download. So if you're listening to this, it's just me and you. So don't you go anywhere. I'm going to do a little deep dive two games in, see where we're at, see what we think. Uh, Not really going to preview Boston College, just what we think two games in. Why not? While we're still undefeated for at least one more day, let's be happy about the state of the team, and let's talk about the players. So, start things off. The guards, okay? Let's focus on Dunn, Posh, and Williams for now. We'll get to Cole. We'll get to Wasu. But those three, I think primarily those three guys are going to gobble up a lot of those minutes at the one and the two. Posh mostly at the one, Williams at the two, Dunn, combination of both. both. And I think the three of those guys are all capable players. Posh seems like he will be. The other two have proven to be capable players. I think all three of those guys are capable of getting you double-digit scoring on any given night. Not average it, but get you 10, 12, 14 points any given night. Dunn and Williams... Have proven it before. Posh seems like that type of guy. I mean, Dunn's averaged over double digits all three years he's played in college, so that wouldn't be new to him, but I think his role is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to need him to dominate the ball as much as he did last year on the perimeter, and because of that, we won't need him to score as much. His role will change. But all three of those guys could get you 10 points. Um, front court guys. Three forwards, specifically... Marcellus, Champagne, and more. Those three guys, again, seem like they are capable of getting you 10 points on any given night or more. Marcellus and Julian did so pretty much last year, just above 9 points. Uh, Moore seems like he's got that type of game. At least he's got a variety of ways to score. Super confident, and he's going to get minutes. Three guys capable of getting you 10 points. They're not going to get you 20 often, but on a consistent basis, they'll be right around 10 points, I think. They'll have their nights where they score 15+. plus. So that's six guys between the guards and the forwards who could all give you 10 points. They're not primary ones or twos scoring options, but they're consistent threats, people that have to be guarded, and they'll churn up a lot of points throughout the game and the season. Six guys right there. And then you have Vince Cole. Kind of a combination between the guards and the forwards. I'm not sure how much ball handling he can do in the backcourt against pressure as a two. I'm also not sure how well he'll guard bigger, stronger forwards as the three. But offensively, he's going to be right in the mix, and he's probably going to garner as much minutes as anybody as long as he's not a total negative on defense. I am turning the corner and thinking he's not going to be. He's got the length, and Mike Anderson will make him commit to that. So as our primary scoring option right there, that gives us about seven guys I think are capable, and I don't think you could question that term, capable of scoring double digits on most nights. And seven scoring options is a good number. Now, they're not all going to always have good nights. There'll be nights when a majority of those guys might be off, and that's when we're going to really struggle and have to really focus on our defense and scrapping together points in other other ways. But seven scoring options is no joke. It's it's not something that um, I think, in my mind, should be diminished. 
and it's yet to be determined who will step up and how the uh, power rankings will kind of fall between those seven. But we have options, and as the season goes on and they, and they find those roles, I think the scoring will come, more so than last year. Um, and then you have the bigs, Roberts and Toro, kind of as one person. That tandem combines as one player, our eighth man, and we'll see one guy more on some nights, the other guy more on others. Like I said in the last podcast after the LaSalle game, I think Roberts can be the um, up-and-down center in terms of uh, when we're pressing full court, high tempo. He can get up and, and down with our guards and forwards. Um, Toro a little bit slower, a little bit bulkier. He brings a different aspect, setting screens, uh, probably a little bit better finisher underneath, um, maybe some more savvy with the ball. But Roberts isn't a zero when it comes to catching and finishing. Catching and doing something with it is tough. Catching and just finishing it, he's proven to be decent at that. And he's a really good athlete and get, can get above the rim for some potential lobs. So there's your eight guys. Top eight, if healthy. The three guards in Dunn, Williams, and Posh. Three forwards in Marcellus, Champagne, and Moore. Cole, somewhere in between those guys, as the primary scoring option. And then more, I'm sorry, then Toro and Roberts as your big man in potential situations. So there's eight guys, eight spots, which leads, leaves Wasu, Carrier, Carraher, Carraher, I'm sorry about that, and uh, McGriff as kind of 10, 11, 12, excluding the big that's out of the rotation for each given night. Now, Anderson seems to love Wusu. He's proven that physically he can hang right away, kind of in a champagne mold in that the physicality is not too much um, to overwhelm him. So if he can stay poised and hit open shots, he's not going to hurt you. Seems he's much more able to battle on the perimeter so far than Carer is. So wouldn't be surprised if he's the ninth guy in terms of the wing rotation. And then you have Carraher in terms of um, special situations. Might have foul trouble or a particular thing Anderson sees where he might be able to exploit him. And you have McGriff, emergency situations, backup, pretty much deep backup point guard. Twelve guys, all of them will see some time. I think they'll all have an impact on some games. And, you know, we're going to be uh, plenty deep. And Mike Anderson is going to be plenty willing to play those guys. All right, let's just go a little bit deeper into each particular player, uh, how they've looked. Uh, starting with Posh, uh, the freshman point guard. He's averaging 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 steals through 2 games, also 4 turnovers, shooting 47% from the field and 83% from the line. Has yet to hit a 3-pointer. Um, he's looked really good, albeit the 2 games against this not-so-stellar competition. He seems poised, under control. Um, the shot has to be proven. Doesn't look terribly bad when left open from three, form-wise, but it, it, you can tell he's not a pure shooter. Um, I uh, think the one thing that's really evident, and maybe I'm full of shit, but it seems to me it's obvious people like playing with him, and you can tell why. Uh, he's feisty. He's a competitor. He is... Not a ball hog, but he's also not completely deferential. He'll, he will take shots. He will look for his, but
but you can tell he's some guy willing to do whatever it takes to win, and those guys tend to be good teammates. Um, but I'm super excited to see what happens with him as the season goes and as, as his career goes. But we have a keeper, that's for sure, a guy that you can surround with scorers and big guys, and I think you can really put a team together that can be competitive. Um, Rasheem Dunn, we hope he is healthy. Did not look great in game one, but you know what he's capable of doing on nights. Scoring's not there from others. He can get us going, I think, off the bench this year. Uh, he's a quality defender, but he's not going to hit a bunch of shots. He's not going to be a threat. He's not going to have to be defended. Um, so his playing time will have to be determined on how well he's doing those other things. Is he not turning it over? Is he playing good defense? Is he being selective with his shots? Is he pushing the, the, the pace and the tempo and the um, – the right ways at the correct time or is he forcing things and is he hurting you more than he's helping you I don't in any way think Dunn's a bad player I just think his role is going to have to change um, but yeah did not have a, a good game one we're still waiting to hear more about him but he did not make the trip for the Boston College game so hopefully he's healthy and he's better soon um, Greg Williams through two games Greg Williams is averaging nine and a half points three and a half rebounds two and a half assists Two and a half steals, three and a half turnovers. So again, those turnovers are really high through two games. I don't think he's going to be a turnover machine by any sense. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, the nine and a half points, if he averaged that in the year, I think that'd be great. I think it'll be a little bit, I think it'll be right around there, a little bit less. Once he gets more comfortable looking for a shot. But the other pieces that I mentioned, finding theirs, they have a, all, all other, all the six other guys I mentioned in the beginning have more of an inclination to look for their shot. In my mind, that doesn't make, mean they're better scorers than Greg. Yeah, I did just burp. Excuse me. Um, but he doesn't have that mindset, so it's going to be hard in that bunch to rise to the top as a scorer. But around nine would be great. Um, rebounds, assists, if he could be around three and a half rebounds, around two plus assists, that's awesome. If he could be around over one and a half steals, that's great. That wouldn't surprise me. And under two turnovers, right now he's shooting 27% from two, 83% from the line, and 25% from three. I think he's got to be got to be over 40% this year from two. Can't have a poor shooting year from the field, getting a bunch of minutes in the backcourt. Get the three-point percentage over 33%, maybe upwards towards 35. Solid from the line, and I love Greg Williams as an overall player. Um, Vince Cole. Like I said, primary scorer looks like it through two games. 20 points, three and a half rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, only a half turnover. So one turnover through two games, shooting 54% from the field, 100% from the line, and 46% from three. He's shown you a multitude of ways that he can score, whether that's catch and shoot, one dribble pull-ups, splitting some double teams up top with some aerobatic finishes some tough finishes with both hands it really has been impressive um, seems to have good footwork although he is you know rather long and uh, gangly sometimes it looks deliberate but the footwork is there you can tell he, he he knows how to use his jab step he knows how to catch and pivot a little, little bit of a post game although I don't really like turnaround jumpers from our wings in college but he knows how to get the ball in a, in a post in a high post situation which is good um he is going to get every opportunity to be our primary scorer. So if he 
commits to the defensive end, I, he could be a super important part. He will be a super important part, and he could have a, a successful year. Um, who we at? Let's go to Marcellus Erlington. Okay, through two games, nine points, four and a half rebounds, two assists, a steal, um, a half block, and he's had one turnover. 47% from the field, 33% from three, 66, 67% from the, from the line. I think those averages are about what he'll be. Close to 50% from two, close to 33% from three, close to 67 to 70% from the line. And when he's playing, he'll score. So that nine points he's getting in two games is only in 17 and a half minutes. So that is the second highest point per minute on the team. When he's, a, when he's in, he scores. Foul issues, frustration issues that can slow him down, but he knows how to score. And he's a guy that really creates um, opportunities for others because he has to be paid attention to. Big guys can't always stay in front of him. If it's a, a five guarding him, he could get a step on a five. If it's a, a forward starting him or guarding him, you kind of got to send another guy towards him. Um, so Erlington through two, one good game, one bad game. I think, again, out of those seven guys I mentioned in the beginning, double digits, threats, does great on the offensive boards. He's a, a better in the passing lanes than you'd think for a guy his size, but he gets out and defends on the wing a little bit. Um, through two games, nine and a half, four and a half, I think that's, you know, again, about where he'll be, around 10 points, 10 to 12 points, I think, around five to six rebounds. But a lot of that will depend on Champagny's uh, health when he returns and Moore's ability to play against tougher competition. Um, speaking of Moore, through two games, he's given us 10 and a half points. Eight rebounds. He's yet to have an assist, a steal, or a block. I didn't notice that until I saw that, and he's averaging two turnovers. So kind of surprised. I think he's altered a bunch of shots. <laughs> he hasn't looked like a poor or unwilling passer, really, although he has taken, taken maybe a couple unnecessarily unnecessary shots. But I think he'll be a guy that can get his hands in the passing lanes and deflect, deflect, get some deflections and alter some shots at the rim. So the no steals and no blocks, I'm not too worried about. 35% um, from two, 90% from the line. So maybe that free throw percentage comes down a little bit. I mean, it's going to be hard to stay above 90, but you can tell he's got a good stroke. Hopefully that two-point percentage comes up closer to 45%, you know, for a 6'10 guy for shooting. Under 45% from two, that says a lot about your ability to finish and, and your shot selection. Has yet to make a three with the stroke from the line. I think if he's left open, it'll be a threat. Not necessarily a sharpshooter or a guy who takes over one or two a game, but a potential threat. But I do like what I see. And he's a guy who I think as he gets stronger and more confident, he's shown he can face the basket and make some multiple moves towards the basket. And as a 6'10 guy, you don't see that very often. Tariq Owens, similar body, we, I mentioned last time, but he wasn't a guy who could face the basket and attack off the dribble or do anything in that regard. One dribble to the left, dribble handoff, great um, catching and shoot from 15 feet, but he wasn't a guy who could really break a guy down off the dribble. I'm not saying I want more to break his defender down off the dribble and face up on a consistent basis, but if you can catch and make multiple moves and you can run the floor and catch and finish in different varieties, that's big because he's going to be out in that wing and in, in pressure. He's going to be leaking out in breaks. You've seen him out in front catching and finishing. 
So his ability to move like that, it's it's not just cool to watch. It's it's super beneficial to how he plays. Um, who we haven't seen, Champagny, right? I think he's going to be right around those two guys, Moore and Erlington, kind of the balance between them. Not as long as Moore, not as strong as Erlington, uh, kind of in between those guys and how he plays. But, you know, quite possibly better than both guys in terms of what he brings. More consistent uh Defender than Erlington, he is a guy who can catch and shoot, uh, make you know one move to finish. I'm not sure about two moves, but hopefully he worked on that in the off season. He always seems to be in the right spot on offense, getting to loose balls and, and and offensive rebounds and being able to catch it in spots where he can catch and finish, where the defense kind of you know vacated on drives and kicks and and such. So as Champagne returns, that's another option in the front court to give us 10 points, six or seven rebounds, and play good defense. Um, the bigs, Robert, through two games, is averaging 14, I'm sorry, in 14 minutes, he's averaging two points, four and a half rebounds, um, two steals, and one and a half blocks. So he's been active on the defensive end, which is no surprise. 33% from the field, that's tough. As a big guy, like I said, you got to be able to finish. You got to be able to catch and finish at least. You don't have to be creative, but catch and finish when you're supposed to. His uh, his blocks are key. His ability to play defense is key. It's really just going to be him and Toro, I think, on a mixed match basis. You won't you'll rarely see them both play together. There'll be plenty of games where combined they play less than 20 minutes. I doubt you'll see many games, if at all, where combined they play close to 40 minutes. But as that pseudo eighth man together, Toro, who's averaging four points, two and a half rebounds, um, one steal, no blocks, but he's shooting 60% from two. Both of them are averaging 14 minutes, so there's 28 combined. You can get seven or eight points, seven or eight rebounds, one or two blocks, play solid defense, set some screens, make 50% of you know, your shots from two, which all should be good looks, um, and then go from there. Wasu through two games is averaging 25 minutes. Don't think that will stay that high. Eight points, three and a half rebounds, an assist, a steal, one turnover. He's shooting 55% from two, 50% from the line, and 40% from three through two games. I think when he's catching and shooting, his stroke looks good. Noticed a lot from watching his games in high school. If you guys want to watch our Savior games on YouTube, there's so many of them. I was able to watch you know, close to 15 games of Wusu. Um, his junior year didn't have posh, unfortunately, so those 15, 10 or so games didn't have posh, but the senior year played together, saw them both play a lot. Wusu's shot is weird in the sense that <clears throat> he makes plenty of shots and he can hit from very deep. The shots that go in never seem super pure. They're never swishes. And although he makes them at a good clip, um, the ones he misses are bricks, really. It, it, and, I, and you might think I'm jumping the gun, and I am jumping the gun, but from what I saw in high school and I can see a little bit so far in these two games, the ones he does miss are way off. The ones he makes, he makes, but they're never pure. And I, it's some guys just have that pure bottom of the net stroke. Some guys are just able to hit shots. Um, he's definitely a guy who, ha who has to be guarded, and his range is unlimited. It's just uh, something to keep an eye on. I think we'll see a lot of offensive rebounds and uh, – on Wusu threes, and we'll also see him make plenty of threes. But 
Maybe it's just the fact that he's built like a brick shit house that sometimes his shots also build a brick shit house. And other times it's money. So uh, like what I see so far from Musu and in high school he was a ball handler. Um, it wasn't always Posh who was setting up the offense. A lot of times it was Musu handling the ball in pick and roll situations, being somewhat of a distributor, uh, making passes and being a, a capable facilitator. So as he grows into the player Anderson sees him as and as he develops as an upper class and I think he could be more so of a two and a big time secondary ball handler not just a three and D type player uh, McGriff he only played in that second game in nine minutes he had three points he hit that three he did air ball a mid-range jump shot uh, then that didn't do too much I mean he doesn't look so small out there to me he doesn't look five nine he looks you know a little bit short for a point guard but he's tough um, not going to figure huge this year, but it's good to have. It's good to have as your um, safety net in case of emergencies. And then Kerr, again, as your 10th, 11th man, he's smart. He's always moving without the basketball. He's around the offensive boards. He seems like a good teammate. I think, you know, this isn't just because he's a white guy. I think he's a better shooter than he's shown. A guy who's that limited athletically, scoring that many points in Division One college as a freshman, you don't do it from you know out from uh, being beating guys up and down the court. You had to hit shots. You had to be a shot maker, and uh, to score 17 points as a freshman and not be the most athletic guy in the court, and he was less athletic then than he is now. You could see the weight he's lost. He had to be able to hit shots. So I'm not buying that he's not a shot maker. Um, I also, I'm not calling him a pure shooter, but I think he's a better shooter than we've seen. We'll see, and reasonable minds could disagree, and I'm sure many of you are pretty uh, determined that he's he's not a capable shooter. And he hasn't shown that he is here, so to your guys' point, but I'm not buying it, and I think he will do better than the, um, well, if we look what he shot last year, he did only make 25% from three. 36.4 his first year in college before he came to St. John's. And I'm sure against lesser competition, albeit he was more so in the plans of the, the defense to be guarded and not left open. So at St. John's, he does get some open shots. I think he'll he'll make more this year than he did last year, at least. I hope so, God damn it. Um, but that's it, guys. Uh, Monday night, Boston College, without done, hopefully with Champagny. I think that we'll come out Looking better on the defensive end, more connected. I think we saw the difference just from the coaching staff uh, giving their directions after game one. You could see it was a little bit tighter, focused in some areas. Areas um, We're going to need to be focused on the defense and the boards against a bigger uh, step up in competition. But I'm feeling confident. Let's go out there, get our third win, 3-0, and and move to Texas Tech. But we can't overlook Boston College. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We are.